Just hear those sleigh bells ring-a-ling, jing-jing, jingling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. You know what I mean by sleigh ride, right? I know. <laughs> My girl. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by the beautiful Erin. How are you, my dear? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very well, too. I'm... Ah! Finally, I get to talk to you again. It's been I, <laughs> this, this must be what... Uh, this is the opposite, I'm going to say, of what women have to go through whenever they have their periods, is the oh. dreading... And mine is the opposite, where I'm, I'm wishing for that one week of the month. Why won't you can? When it's over, and it's here, it's over way too quick. And so I'm sure with the girls, it's the opposite with the, the blood and the vagina thing. It's, uh, it's absolutely the worst thing that has ever happened to me is when I got my period. All right. So it is the exact opposite. Yeah, exactly. Sweet. All right. Well, I am looking forward to this episode with you. Okay, so first of all, it's December 14th, and we have a fantastic show for you this week. We're going to start off with the Nine Cents Letters. I got this letter a couple weeks ago. I apologize for not having gotten back to the individual, but hopefully, as you say in the letter, you listen, so you're going to hear the response now. An infernal informant, effigies of black men and women found hanging on UC, <laughs> UKC, KFC, Berkeley campus, and on torture report, Colorado's Udall leaves subtlety at door on the way out. And we're going to close this thing up with a Down to the Crossroads, episode 29! What's this called? This is called Fucking Christmas. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. There's a couple ways I can interpret that. See, uh, and that is why that this is such a great theme. It's just because of that. Alright. Well. <laughs> tease successful i'm excited i'm uh, anxiously uh may, can we should we just record that first and then we'll do the other ones later just so i can feel satisfied nope. you're gonna have to wait oh uh, yeah i'd need a refractory period afterward anyway and i don't think people okay. want to sit around waiting all right so before we start uh i've been getting a couple of the uh horrific holiday stories from you listeners thank you very much and it's not just for the entertainment of the podcast hosts or for the podcast listeners when we talk about those stories that's right i'm going to be talking about the stories but i'll keep your i'll keep your names a uh, secret I'll, I'll change names for the sake of the innocent and um but but you also get a chance to win a, a, a really super normal mug <laughs> with, with the show's logo on it so if you've ever wondered how could i possibly get a coffee cup with 9centspodcast.com on it, this is your chance! And you only have one more week to submit those stories. So, if you've already submitted it, consider your name in the hat. If you haven't submitted it yet, send me a horrible holiday story. And I get this from a number of you who have uh, reached out to me after I've posted a number of these requests saying, I've never had a bad holiday story. Well, boo-fucking-who, Mr. or Mrs. Luckiest Person in the Fucking World, that you've never had a sad day in your life. That's, that's just terrible. <laughs> I feel so sorry for you. But you could always, I don't know, uh, make something up. You could, I, I don't know how you feel about lying outright, but for the sake of a free mug, it might be worth it. Uh, just let me know if you're lying so I don't assume that you were a liar in the first place after you, right? Because that, that makes sense. Anyway, <clears throat> it doesn't matter if it's real or not. It's all fun, and I appreciate real, but you know what? <laughs> People have been following fake stories their entire lives. In fact, entire religions are devoted to them. So why should I be the one to stop that? I ain't no Scrooge. Um, all right, so, of course, one more week. Meaning, next week is the horrific holiday special. 
Uh, and actually, this time it's going to be co-hosted. That's right. Our own witch Zafdig is going to be jumping on that bandwagon. So mm. look forward to that exciting episode. I have no idea what we're going to be doing yet. I have no idea. I'm pretty oh. sure I'm going to try to have sex with her over the phone, but I don't know if that'll work. I've never really done that before. Huh. Aaron, do you do you know? Uh, uh, I just think it's weird. I guess my uh, invitation to co-host got lost in the mail. I guess, whatever. That's that's great. Whoa, I'm sure whoa, it'd be, sure yeah. be a great show. No. Do you have time? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I make I the assumption that you don't have time, but if you have time, <laughs> I would love to do another three-way. Uh oh. Oh fuck. Look Aaron. What done. Oh no. Aaron, <laughs> please <laughs> let this be true. Let when this is, happen. When is it? <laughs> I might when be out of town. Literally next week. <laughs> What's the date? The 21st? I might be around. We'll talk Holy about fuck, it. really? I might Oh be. my gosh! Oh, oh my god. I'll have to talk about this. What? I did not know what I was stepping into with that joke. Alright. Yeah, that was That's my way of teasing and leading you. Well, this would be <laughs> fucking awesome. God. Everyone gets a little behind the scenes. Uh, <laughs> a little, uh... This is how every show works, by the way, listeners. I have to, like, trick people into things. It's not like they're like, hey, I'm free. What do you want to do? It's me going, this other person's going to... What? This other... Yeah, you can do it, too. Woo! It, it just doesn't ever work, so... Uh, he's yeah. he's well, just uh, lesser magicking us all over. Like, it's... <laughs> It's little pawns in his little lesser magic chess game. I am a puppet master. <laughs> I feel so abused. Mm, but I'll be gentle. It'll feel good, I promise. Sure, sure. Um, okay, so, you know, the free 9 cents mug is coming out. We're also working on the segments having their own merch in some way. And so uh, look forward to that in the future. I, nothing's available as of right now, or it shouldn't be anyway, if things are going right. So just uh, know that... We are moving forward with something, so if you have a favorite segment, like Down to the Crossroads, then you can buy a t-shirt, or you can get a mug, or you can get a patch, or you can get a, I don't know, a tattoo on your penis, whatever it is. I mean, mine would just be the DTTC, and I'm excited. It would still be DTTC, but <laughs> there would be like little dots between each of the letters. Uh, yeah, yeah, spell penis. Alright, so anyway, you can get your own. It's going to be available. Look forward to that in the future at some point. Maybe, I don't know, maybe by the time we stop doing the podcast, it'll be available. So look forward to that. It'll be awesome. Awesome. Alright, so uh, I had a couple things I wanted to touch on that I didn't make notes for, and I should have. Oh, Santa. So, Aaron, when you were yeah. a little girl, yes. were you ever a little girl? I yes, feel like you were always old. like a... Always a woman. Like you just came out of the womb as a woman, right? No, I was once a teeny tiny little baby. Wow. Did you yeah. uh, did you like the Santa thing? Dude, I was super duper into Santa. Hell yeah! Now I I know you and I have talked about this. We've even yeah. talked about this on the show before. Yeah. But for the sake of new listeners and people who don't tune into every episode, sometimes we like to cover old ground. So. Let, well, let me ask you this. When did you find out... Um, uh, shit, I hope I'm not spoiling anything. When did you find out that there was no Santa? Earmuffs, kids. Did you find out that there was no Santa? Um, yes, I am unfortunately aware that there is no such thing as Santa Claus. And um, it's funny that you, you would uh, ask me that because I've been actually talking about that a lot lately because Josh and I watched this documentary called I Am Santa Claus. And oh, I, yeah. I recommend it to everybody because it's a uh, brand new That's documentary. That's the wrestler, right? What's that? The wrestler did that? Yeah, Mick Foley was one of yeah, the producers. And he's fucking one of the dopest human beings alive. And <laughs> he produced one of it and he's uh, produced it. And he's also one of the Santas that is profiled in it. And uh, but basically it just follows around a few of the like rent a Santas. But it is one of the most like this documentary has so much heart. And I was fucking bawling in parts Whoa. and I had to like leave the room sometimes but Whoa. it is it was that good like I recommend it wicked hard <laughs> so is it okay to have around kids or is it no transparent? <laughs> no of course not if you I mean if your kids still believe in Santa then they don't want to see this documentary because it's mm -hmm. like there is no Santa <laughs> like everybody knows that so yeah. yeah not for kids wow I'm gonna have to check that I've seen it in the Netflix queue I just haven't ever actually clicked it 
Yeah, man. Mick, if you're a fan of wrestling at all, if you ever liked Mick Foley, uh, if you ever loved Santa as a little kid, like if you ever loved like gay dudes who just want to <laughs> just want to hang out with their special boy for Christmas, like you're gonna your heart's gonna break. But it's also gonna grow two sizes too because it's one it's one of those documentaries. It's very very good. Wow. Last time I grew two sizes was like earlier today on YouPorn. <laughs> All right, and that's but on <laughs> that's like right. ruin a good Christmas story. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's let's do a little nonsense letters. Hey. Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Saint. Hello, Adam. This is Adam reading, just in case there's some people wondering. Greetings from England. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and I just want to let you know, everyone involved, that listening to Nine Cents Develop and Improve has been amazing. Okay, so there's a lot of this type of stuff, which I love, but I don't need to masturbate in front of everyone. <laughs> so we'll get to the, talking about um, the satanic panic and public relations that the church has had to endure both in the 80s and now seems so extreme from an English perspective. An English perspective. Not an American, but English, as in Britain, as in England. And since I've identified with Satanism and found that practically nobody in England has heard of the COS. I'm sorry, I'm like moving forward here. Uh, my question is this. Do you think that the phenomena of uh, the satanic panic and public negative reactions to the Church of Satan is down to the increasing atheism in England, a lack of publicity over here through scaremongering, or something else entirely. So the, the heart of this is, why aren't the English freaking out about the Church of Satan and Satanism like the Americans are and do? What do you think? I don't know that they do, but of course, I don't live in England, I don't know anything about it, but I don't, I feel like the tides have sort of shifted a bit here in America, I don't know about England, but I think, like, didn't Slate just release a sort of um, final nail in the coffin to this satanic panic thing, like, the voice of reason, like, the last, I think everybody's on board now with the fact that that was bullshit and no one, none of that was true. Um, and I don't think that people even think about the Church of Satan when they think about the Satanic Panic. I don't. I don't know. I. It's hard for me to say. But in England, I don't know. They have a. They've. A, they had, a, at the a, in during the eighties, they had just about the same, sort of magnitude of Satanic Panic that we had. I think uh, there are quite a few cases of Satanic ritual abuse, quote unquote, being reported in England. Um, really. I don't know. Yeah, they had a lot of cases. I don't know. I, I couldn't even begin to speculate like what the mm -hmm. comparison is like, but I think that they're pretty comparable. If not, I don't know. England might be ahead. I don't know because I'm so, um, you know, I'm not Anglo-centric. You're so American. I'm very incredibly American. <laughs> Super <laughs> American. Uh, she literally has an A on her chest. It's not for adultery. Not this it's time. It's for fucking American. Right. <laughs> American. <laughs> So, you know, but I mean, everybody knows, I don't, you know, in England, who knows what they're thinking, but um, I think the difference, I think it could have a lot to do with the atheism um, in England. I think it's probably a combination of all the things that she was, was asking about, but uh, there's definitely, I, it's so hard. I, I hate speaking in absolutes, but it certainly seems to me that in England, atheism is much more accepted and everything i've heard from british people seems mm -hmm. to make me believe that that's true but uh you know they their satanic panic of the 80s was was more secular than ours was you know ours was very much um about the church you know very much about uh christianity whereas the satanic panic in england was maybe a little more focused on uh class uh, this is total speculation <laughs> because 
just because I know how classist uh, England can be and oh, used yeah. to be and probably still is, much more so than we are here. We're, we like to pretend that there is no such thing as class here in America, but of course we all know there is, which is fine, you know. <laughs> but in England it was a big deal, like classism, and whereas in America um, we're dealing much more so with like the debate between secularism, you know, and, and religion. So That's maybe that's weird. different. I love this because th there was a, a couple notes that immediately struck a chord with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was a sorry, that was a sad attempt here at making this interesting discussion. Um, mm -hmm. so first of all, uh, I I agree with you, Aaron. I yeah. don't think when people at the time and even now thought of the Satanic Panic, unless you're a member of the Church of Satan, you were not thinking Church of Satan. Yeah. You were quite literally thinking devil worshiper. Like, you were not thinking of an organized Church of Satan, even though they did claim that they were organized like covens and it was a national thing. They were not thinking of anything like the CUS. Um, but I do appreciate uh, the comparison because we did have representatives because they, of course, we are Satanists uh, on talk show circuits and stuff like that. So that's how we were related to that. But um, That was I, some entertaining shit back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um there, there's a, uh, well, okay, first, let me say, when I was stationed in Germany in the military, uh, we had uh, some missionaries come to our door. They didn't, we lived, we lived with a local uh, German population. We didn't live on base. And so they, for, you know, at, at my door, they just thought we were other Germans. And so when I came out speaking English, they're like, hi, we're here promoting the English Bible. We would like to talk to you. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm a Satanist. No, thank you. And they're like, Satanist? I don't, you worship Satan? And because I like to shoo people away and not talk, I'm like, close enough. I'm not interested. She's like, I don't understand. Like, they genuinely were confused. They had never heard of Satanism, mm -hmm. ever. And they were promoting an English-speaking Bible. So if you, it, I think this is a very much an American construct, uh, even though there were probably Satanic Panic elements in other uh, Western European countries, and maybe even fucking around the world for all I know, I don't know. But the way we see it as Americans or the way we saw it in America or now looking back at the period called the Satanic Panic, it was very much regional, man. It was not an all-out thing. And so, you know, you had small towns in America that were freaking the fuck, like losing their shit over this. Mm -hmm. And then you could be literally a county away and not it would never cross your radar. Like you would not be concerned. It wouldn't matter. So it was very much a regional issue that even though it was on like these national talk shows and stuff like that, not everyone was buying into. And you have to look at the culture, the political culture of the time. We were coming out of the night. I'm sorry. We were coming out of the seventies where, you know, this is where the religious right really stood up. I mean, we had an invasion of religion in the fifties when they added uh, God to uh, th you know, our money, our currency, to our, um, uh, uh, fuck. Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, they really you know, got a foothold then, but it wasn't until the 70s that politically it started becoming this big fucking deal. This was on the heels of that. So the more politically religious people became, the more Satan crept out of the woodwork. And I, I really think this is a reaction to uh, this hyperbolic fear that these regional pockets were experiencing. You know, you, you want everything to be the way that you want it to be. And if you're religious, you want it to be insane. And when rea you know, reality comes into play, you have to create a bad guy. And so Satanism you know, obviously is the perfect fucking scapegoat in every possible way. Uh, so in when you're talking about places like uh, Germany or England or any Western European uh, space, it's not going to be the same thing. I mean, I, I know this is probably, uh, I don't know, I imagine this would bother those who are not Americans, but Satanism is very much an American religion. Not saying we have ownership of it, not saying that only we can practice uh, or be a Satanist, of course not. But it was created by Americans because of an American experience. And though it speaks to every human being, because ultimately it's about the human experience, you know, it, it's a reaction 
to what was happening socially and politically in America at the time. It just made sense for Anton LaVey to do it. Uh, and so I, I cannot imagine that it, you know, it's it's not like it's uh, fucking, oh, never mind. I was going to make a stupid Nirvana joke. <clears throat> it just didn't affect everyone the same way as it affected localized regional America. Um, and I don't know. Do you think, Aaron, that maybe there's a little bit of, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound a little crazy, but I'm this way too. There's a little bit of jealousy that Satanists abroad didn't get the same reactions that these regional pockets of Satanists did. Like you want, like at, at some point, I think some people genuinely want that I am the rebel reaction. I agree completely, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, like a sort of notch in the belt kind of thing. Like, oh, we're, you know, pe people always want to be the most of something, you know, so we were the most oppressed, we were the most persecuted. Uh, mm. There's probably a little bit of that, though I don't know. Who knows? I don't know what, uh, I mean, England probably does have a leg up on us, though, as far as, like, understanding uh, these sort of uh, non-religious, I would say. You know, they're much more uh, accepting of atheists and other religions. For sure, yeah. But, yeah, I think you're probably onto something there. I mean, just look at, look at the way that uh, England and Western Europe has been moving in a, a very much secular society mm -hmm. so much faster than we are. And we're still a very, I mean, again, regionally dependent, we're still a very secular accepting society. I mean, it's a very American tradition of, of not giving a fuck what religion you are, even though we, you know, regionally have these pockets. Um, uh, and of course, when I say regionally, when it comes to politics, that becomes a national issue with one mm -hmm. or two uh, representatives. But in reality, it, it's very much a regional thing. Um, and so we are very much following the secular coattails of England, in my opinion, as well, uh, when it comes to not concerning or not even worrying about. The more people that I interact with on a day-to-day -day basis that find out that I'm a Satanist, they don't fucking care. It, I mean, it's not a big deal at all. Like, when I was a kid and I added myself to people, they were shocked. Nowadays, they're like, I don't even, okay, what, what does that even mean? Like, I don't, I don't care, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> totally different environment. So I, I can totally understand when people, you know, in, in places that hear about the history of Satanism or even have been Satanists for years, and they're like... I've never experienced that freak out moment. Well, it's because it's there's nothing to freak out about, and the world is really catching up to that. You know, they're letting uh, <laughs> rational thinking sink in rather than living in fear. And you wouldn't think it because of the fucking media machine that runs our world, but the reality is, is people are much more relaxed and just don't give a fuck. <laughs> so I think that's why. That's why you're not seeing it. I agree. Uh, those satanic reactions, I don't know. I don't, is there anything else you want to cover on that? No, I, you know, I, th I think we got it all, but I do think it's sort of ironic the way that, uh, you know, that they latched on to Satanism as this, you know, something to pin all this horrible, you know, they just sort of got carried away, swept up in this satanic panic, but it's sort of what they were doing was so satanic, you know? <laughs> it was sort of, you know, it was like, convincing people uh you know to the, to rat on your your parents you know convincing kids to like rat on your parents to do these horrible things like that is very a very christian notion about satan you know i don't think it obviously it doesn't um relate to satanism but it does relate to the idea of the christian satan you know yeah. it's yeah, kind of ironic that. i do <laughs> love that and that you know they <clears throat> They looked for this bad guy. and They love a scapegoat. By looking under the bed, they saw the mirror and they realized, I've got to be the bad guy. <laughs> like, yeah. it is me and I'm going to play the role. It's like an yeah, There's something really, really wonderful about that. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, you know, we had to put a fine point on it. <clears throat> At no point during the satanic panic did people actually think Satanists were doing it. They yeah. thought children right. or people uh, 
at the mercy or at the uh, for the benefit of their spiritual Satan was mm-hmm. doing it. And so it was very much not had nothing to do with Satanism or Church of Satan. That's why there's such a huge gap in understanding. It's because mm-hmm. they're what they perceive as Satanism or or Satan is very much different. You know, obviously they think it's a fucking spiritual thing, a fallen angel, and we see it as what it is, a fucking metaphor. Yeah. Um, all right, let's do a let's do a little informal format. What do you think? Let's. What's going on with Uh, Infernal Foreman. Get Okay, so this story is called, uh, titled, um, Effigies of Black Men and Women Found Hanging on UC Berkeley Campus by Nicole Hensley in the New York Daily News from December 13th. Okay, so basically, to sum it up, there's been mm-hmm. some things popping up around campus at UC Berkeley, effigies and pictures of lynchings from back in the day. And apparently campus police doesn't quite understand if it's like the protesters who are protesting, you know, these recent uh, failures to indict shithead cops, um, (laughs) shithead racist cops. And so the protesters might be the ones putting them up as sort of, you know, a social awareness thing. Um, but then they're also investigating it apparently as a hate crime, just in case it's people, <laughs> just in case it's Whitey, um, who's got an agenda so and dumb. he's, so it could be the good guys doing it or the bad guys doing it, but they're definitely <laughs> investigating it like a hate crime. So how's that going in UC Berkeley? How's your fucking, <laughs> how's your lynch mob against the, the yeah. whatever. So yeah. <laughs> How can this be a hate crime when they have a fucking hashtag on it? Like, they, they're right? literally calling attention to the protest hashtag. I don't get that. Do you know what this is a story about? This is yeah. a story about how fucking out of touch UC Berkeley's <laughs> campus police department is. <laughs> if they think this is, like, a hate crime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I honestly, though, I find it very creepy, the life-size cardboard cutout effigies yeah. of previously hung human beings. I, I think that's really fucking Middle Eastern. Like, why? <laughs> First of all, the, the effigy itself. Yeah. When is, like, before this story, when was the last time you heard of an effigy ever? <laughs> like, ever in America? I feel like I hear about him a lot, but that's because I run with a really? tough crowd. But um, really, no, I, I'm kidding. No, I, <laughs> that's because you, you're part of the KKK, and that's <laughs> right. What we do like that. Do. That's our thing. We <laughs> burn effigies. It's all effigies. <laughs> it's in our motto to protect and and burn effigies. Um, Cross your effigy once a month. Right. No, I think I think this is fucking protesters. They're taking a stand, but I think it. It's very heavy-handed, and I think probably an incredibly poor taste. But I don't think it's a hate crime. <laughs> Super crazy poor taste, but yeah. Bad hate, yeah. Well, and then here's the thing. Like, I I can't get behind... Like, I'll fight for fucking cancer. <laughs> but I cannot get behind public protests unless... I mean, it's got to be really close to home for me. Yeah. I mean, really fucking close to home for me to, like... You know what? Let's let's create a fucking campaign against this. So there's one in my okay. So this is Adam's designer mind thinking uh, here. There's one thing um, when you want to publicly protest and you're gonna put your hands in the air as a group or you're gonna lay on the ground uh, as a group because you feel there's an injustice. When you start getting design into the play, it's a whole different fucking ball game. Like. W- Fucking holding signs with marker messages scrawled on them is one thing, but this is a whole nother fucking ball game. As a designer, I think of protests as potential. Okay, okay. So let, let me explain this really quick. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm sure everyone does. I'm just in case. Mm-hmm. Art is masturbation. Design's purpose is to send a message, whether that's to buy something, to hate something. To do something, design tells you what to do. Art is for the fucking sake of the artist and for the sake of the people pretending to understand the artist. Um, 
So when you have something with a message, it's no longer art, it's design. These <clears throat> very much, the purpose is message. And so it's realm of design. So when you take an idea and you turn it into a, a design driven idea, I mean, it's a very, a much more serious avenue to be in. So you have these really wonderful magazines. Um, <laughs> I say they're really wonderful, but I have to look on my fucking shelf to remember at the moment what the <laughs> fuck they're called. Um, but hold but on, it's <laughs> No, but it's design, uh, design-based activism. Uh, fuck, why can't I remember what these are? I might have to go grab one. But, um... It, the entire publication is devoted to uh, some form of activism by designers, um, and they take it very seriously. So when I look at this, this is not someone saying, hey, let's do an effigy and hope people get it. No, no, no. This, this is a fucking think tank decision. We want to send a message that is very clear, that is so reminiscent of the history of unlawful abuse that it will resonate. Yeah. And I don't know if their crowd that they're trying to target is smart enough to understand it. <laughs> Certainly, Berkeley is not. No, is clearly not. <clears throat> but this is a very powerful message and delivered in a way that you don't see mm. fucking in a decade. Mm. So I, I'm very, very impressed with this. <laughs> Though, again, I do think this is taking it very much in the wrong fucking direction because it's so obscure like <clears throat> when you're a designer and you're thinking about concepting you have to take into account your audience mm. if your audience is too unrefined what whatever that means not derogatory but they, they just won't get it then you're not doing a service you have to design to your audience so but, sometimes that means you have a fucking sombrero on your taco stand it's <laughs> shitty but that's what people expect and sometimes that means you have a fucking effigy. But here, there's no fucking way that these people are really understanding this. I don't know. I, UC Berkeley has a long history of, of as like a protest campus. Maybe they are like super sophisticated. Maybe they did that on purpose. And then why would they be like charging it as or, or investigating as if it were a hate crime? Well, because the campus police don't get it, but maybe the students do. You know. Okay, I see what you're point. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking of it as an institution, and you're parsing it out. And okay, so, yeah, I think you're absolutely yeah. right. I think you're absolutely. I, I think, think the students will absolutely get it. What yeah. I don't understand is why the media is painting it this way, because they're not. Oh. Like I first read this, I was like, oh well, this is obviously the protesters. Yeah, they don't. Like they get just it. don't get it. But why is the media yeah. jumping on that? as well like they don't, they get, don't it. get it either they're <laughs> dummies. do we are we you and i are the only two people in the world that understand this <laughs> no i think every i think all smart people anyone with any critical thinking skills could get it pretty quickly but there's the rub is that most of the american population doesn't really have critical thinking skills and if they do they don't use them very often <laughs> hmm See, I, 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 it's unbelievable that people just don't fucking get it. And that the media wouldn't fucking get it. It's crazy to me. So everyone out there that used to really buy into New York Daily News as being the source of journalism, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> just saying. Is there anything you want to touch on this? Like, did you want to touch on the what they're actually protesting? Do you want to talk about anything? No, fuck that. <laughs> Let's okay. move on. <laughs> <laughs> I chose two really he potentially heavy, time-consuming articles, uh -huh. but uh, we'll just dust over them. <laughs> I don't understand okay. the second one at all, so... <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, no. <laughs> so this is NewYorkTimes.com on Torture Report. Colorado's Udall leaves subtlety at the door on the way out. So he actually uh, was replaced in the last election, and this Senator Mark Udall, Democrat, Colorado, is fighting up until the point that he's actually kicked out of the fucking uh, room trying to shed light on the CIA's torture program and how they tried to hide it and how no one seems to care or plans on doing anything about it which honestly is a little shocking to me so the article goes and talks about how um He's been against it all along. He's been trying to shed light and in fighting with the idea of one being a Democrat in the Obama White House, 
where or administration where Obama has chosen never to prosecute war crimes of a previous administration or those in the current uh, serving currently in the United States, which, <clears throat> like it or not, he's chosen not to do it. And so you have this individual, Senator Udall, uh, fighting against it. He's trying to have, have that come to Jesus moment of, of rationalizing being a Democrat with other Democrats who give less than two shits about rights or, uh, and when I say something like rights, I want to make sure everyone's clear. Uh, the rights that have been defined by the United States government, not the idea that there are inalienable rights, but that Americans see these rights. So he's, you know, he's fighting. And, and the idea of, you know, America being um, that last fucking shining example of, of human care and concern or, or whatever. Uh, but I wanted to talk to you. I, I want to use this article as a, a gateway drug, Aaron, where I wanted to talk to you Uh-oh. about... <laughs> what you thought about not necessarily the CIA's techniques and whether or not they are identified as torture, but the idea that they are literally, up until this point, doing everything they can to hide these techniques and how that relates to an an identity of of, um, being an American and whether or not the technique itself is American. What do you think about that? <laughs> that is a heavy question, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we went from Santa <laughs> to fucking torture. I know. Can we go back to talk about Santa? I don't believe in Santa. But I do. <laughs> um, what was the question? I'm not even sure I understand. Do you I think mean, torturing... It's okay. I'm, I'm obscure in my fucking explaining. Uh, I... I do a lot of rounds for myself so i totally understand that no one else understands what i'm saying um do you think that what the cia did not only the torture itself but the hiding of it the 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 fuzzing of the success of it <clears throat> and the blurring the lines of what actually is torture is american um i don't think so i don't think it's exclusively american i think because I've read Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and I know that the British have a pretty solid like espionage circuit going on there. And I think that um, as Americans, I don't think we're unique in our um, use of subterfuge and sort of that the fog of war type thing where we're just sort of ambiguous and maybe we did, maybe we didn't, maybe it was right, maybe it was wrong, who's to say? You know, I don't think that's uniquely American. So do you think that we're the only ones that, though the act and the way you described it is perfect, and that this is literally quite, you can't argue, there's not even a debate, Mm -hmm. uh, that this is something that happens literally in every other country. Mm -hmm. But we pretend we're so much better, Uh, and we try to hide it mm -hmm. because we don't want to we don't want to pretend that we are what we are. Right. We want to pretend that we we are this, you know, shining example. Like rather our shit than, don't stink. Yeah. So, so is that in and of itself purely American, or are we just just eating the own? We're literally shitting out our own fucking bullshit and yeah. eating it. Yeah, we're eating our own propaganda <laughs> right now. We're just. No, I don't know. I, I really, it's hard to say. I don't pay a lot of attention to other countries sort of, uh, you know, revealing of their own faults. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't, th- I don't know. This is, this seems normal to me. I don't, I'm not at all shocked that the CIA was engaging in these sort of awful, you know, beyond waterboarding situations. It doesn't surprise me in the least. It, it didn't, it wasn't a blip on my radar. You know, it didn't move the needle at all for me. I was like, oh, of course we were lying. I mean, of course. And, you know, now there's the question of whether Bush knew what we were up to or if he didn't know and what was going on then. But I don't think it's uniquely American to torture people and lie about it. Yeah. And I, I don't know, because, <clears throat> you know, we come from it in a position of being fed what the media is telling us. 
and everyone else is the exact same way so if you're in north korea you literally think that fucking kim jong-un is like the descendant of their fucking godly whatever and that he right. has divine power so they're eating their own shit too mm -hmm. so i i really like to think you know watching uh the media that we are stupid fucking americans that eat whatever bullshit those of authority or of substance that we provide them give us like we just eat it up like oh this is it's american to think that you're the best in the world no everyone fucking thinks they're the best in the world like fucking everyone like that's why they fucking fight wars because they yeah. think they're the best and we're the worst like we like to think as americans and maybe fight well i think okay here's here it is <clears throat> Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> Human beings and are douchebags. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. We all think that we're a part of the most elite, most powerful, most organized, and most righteous people or place. We all think that we're identified with that. And when we see an example of the reality, when the curtains are pulled and we see the fucking Wizard of Oz standing there in his frumpy-ass jeans talking about a fucking hot air balloon we're a little bit disappointed but guess what that gives you the opportunity to realize that this is what it all is it's all smoke and mirrors there's yeah. no right and wrong good or bad we're all douchebags <laughs> following fucking douchebags well i think that if i can bring it for a full circle i think that the problem mm -hmm. is that every team thinks that they have that god is on their side <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's maybe the biggest problem is that you know a lot of wars are religious in nature and i think that because every every side thinks that god is is with them so that they think it's worth fighting for i absolutely i love it when people get so indignant and so furious on the air or in their facebook feeds about this behavior this shit has happened for fucking ever. Yeah. Our country is born out of deceit and fucking lies as Americans. Straight up, there's literally no denying it. So why do you pretend we're something greater? Well, I just don't get it. Why do you think the whole world calls us the great Satan? <laughs> we didn't, it's not like we're walking around saying, no, 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 call me. Call me the Grim Reaper, man. That's cool. I want to be called Grim Reaper. Don't call me Adam. No, we didn't make the fucking nickname up ourselves and foist it on everyone. They, they gave it to us because we do bad shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's no such thing as Americans, the bright, shining people on the hill. We're the fucking horrible people. Just fucking eat the goddamn truth, people. Mm. Come to terms. Come to Jesus. <laughs> he wants to fucking torture your ass. All right. Hell yeah. You want to talk about that anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. All right, fuck it. Torture's okay, people. Uh, let's do a little. Yes, fucking Christmas. Yes. Ah, right, there you will. Sure, you won't stay out in this blackout. Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. See yourself. <laughs> What are you doing out here? Oh, 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 oh I'm headed down to the crossroads. <laughs> Wait, miss. You can't be. You're the, you're the devil. devil. But you're, you're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here. Oh my God. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's your good pal, me. I do that. Really? And that's my thing, I think, no. Good pal me? It's your... Hey, everybody. It's your good pal me. You know, instead of saying <laughs> good pal Aaron, I just say me. Anyway, welcome to Down to the Crossroads. Yay! Down to the Crossroads! It's Christmas time in the Crossroads. Woohoo! So, Where the depression is extra thick. Alrighty, then. It's true. It's true. <laughs> but this year's theme beyond christmas is a sort of well i think you know what i'm gonna let you guys figure out what the theme is this week besides oh, i mean shit. this month besides christmas there's a little sub theme so i think we should jump right into it what do you think okay let's do it so this first song christmas tree blues 
Ooh, nice piano. Oh, it's so good. Let's just listen to this for a second. Hold on. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, wait. How can everyone else tune in and hear this? So I'll po I post this on the Down to the Crossroads Facebook page, and mm. I'm on Twitter, Chelsea Room 19, and I think we'll put it in the show notes for the Night's Ends podcast. Definitely listen to it, people. This is fucking awesome. Who's singing here? So you don't want to miss this. This right here is Verdi Lee. Uh, so this is Christmas Tree Blues. It was recorded in 1935 in Chicago. And it's Verdi Lee on vocals. It's Charlie Jordan also vocals. You'll hear, hear a man in a little... Yep. <laughs> it's him. He's on guitar. And our good friend, Petey Wheatstraw on piano. I've talked about <sighs> Petey Wheatstraw before. He, he's also known as the devil's son-in-law or the high sheriff from hell. I talked about him, I think, on one of my earliest Nine Cents. So everybody go back in time and, and listen to the Petey Wheatstraw uh, episode. <laughs> um, Definitely should. Yeah, but the Verdi Lee, she... Um, we don't know anything about her. <laughs> I know next to nothing about Verdi Lee, but... Um, it might have been a woman named, uh, what was her name? Mary Harris. And she, you know, this is, this came out on Paramount or no, I'm sorry, on DECA. And there's also another, um, recording session by a woman named Mary Harris on this exact same date as Verdi Lee. And there's no, there's no records of Verdi Lee. So we're thinking this, this woman, Mary Harris, but, um, they went into the studio and they recorded a bunch of Christmas songs. Uh, like I said, it was actually Halloween 1935 that they recorded all these songs. But there was a bunch of them. This is just one of them. But of course, okay, this song is about sex, right? Hmm? You've been listening to the lyrics. I mean, it's almost, she might as well just, it might as well just be like, can we have sex? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Why not? Um <laughs> So, you know, the woman's sort of like, I'm looking for a good man to make Santa Claus come to me. Uh, mm. She says, like, I'll let him hang his stocking <clears throat> up in my tree. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, and then he's talking about, you know, I'm here's Here I am. I'm going to be the guy. And <laughs> I'm going to get you the guy that gets, I'm going to be the guy that gets you Santa Claus. And, then, <laughs> and it's the craziest sort of idea. But <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you know, he's. He's basically saying, like, I got some idea what Santa might want to give to you because you've been, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's weirdly, it's weird that they are now using, like, Christmas and not just Christmas, but, like, stockings. And there's another song later they talk about whiskers. And it's all very euphemistic and double entendre-y. And it's sort of like, what if, I mean, why are candy canes? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's sort of curious. Like, why did they sort of latch on to Christmas as a, as a means of expressing sexual frustration? <laughs> So, and, and this is something that I was actually going to ask you, uh -huh. is why do you think that Christmas is uh, such a wonderful time to throw your perversions on the table uh -huh. and, and just sort of uh, be together with, uh, be with the one you love? Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah, no, I get what, what you're think? saying. Yeah, it's interesting. It is a sort of time where we go back to the family, you know, back to our families and we sort of have to deal with you know yeah that's a really interesting question we have to just sort of deal as adults you know grown children we are still children but we're still grown-ups mm -hmm. we have to go back and sort of this is the time of year that people go back to their families and they have to walk this fine line between who they used to be and who they really are now you know because at my age i finally sort of come to terms with who i am what my kinks are what's weird about me and all this shit and then it's typically you know it's the time of year where we go back and we sort of put on this mask you know we put on this facade of who we used to be and we sort of t t pretend that our nana's still you know to our nana's that we don't cuss and we go to church and we're <laughs> sweet little angels you know when really we're sort of still you know so it's a sort of weird mixing of like coming to terms with who you are now and who you used to be i think maybe it has something to do with it but i think it is a time where people sort of face you know look at themselves in the mirror and figure out who they really are so that they can then go back to that family unit and retain some sort of sense of self while projecting this totally different human being to their family <laughs> 
I like to think of Christmas as a a really good Pixar movie where mm-hmm. its target audience is children mm-hmm. like Christmas, but there's a lot of little jokes that keep the parents going. And this like this last song for example, on its face, eh, it's about Christmas. Really? Mm-hmm. It's maybe about something else. And that's what I really love yeah. about the holiday is that you know, we're doing this because we want to do it for our kids, but we want to have our own oh, fucking fun too, man. We want to yeah. fucking have fun. And it, that means that means all of the fucking sins. Yeah. <laughs> My two favorite <laughs> is consuming and fucking just straight up carnal fucking pleasure. Uh-huh. It, that is fucking Christmas to me. Like straight up. That's all I think. I sexualize Christmas more than I thought anyone, but now Aaron, you may. <laughs> yeah. Maybe on par. I totally oh, agree. I think Christmas is all about sex. <laughs> and it's all about buying into the suspension of disbelief, you know? And you can mm-hmm. relate that to, to of course Santa is is the obvious thing. Like you for at least a couple years, I'm pretty sure I knew Santa didn't exist, but I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, you know? <laughs> I was willing yeah, yeah. to err on the side of Santa exists. And it's sort of like the Pascal's wager that some people make with, you know, believing in God is sort of like, well, why not? Like, what harm does it do me to just go, okay, I'll believe? Because when you go to heaven and and somebody, you know, St. Peter or whatever is like, did you believe in God? You'd be like, yeah, no, I totally did do that. And it's the th- same thing we do with Santa. Like, maybe he doesn't exist, but might as well act like he does exist, at least for a little <laughs> while longer. But, you know, and we can see the same you know, analogous to that, like sort of in the bedroom, sometimes when people role play and stuff, you're like, okay, you're, you're actually 25 pounds overweight. And you're like (laughs) wearing that cock ring. That's like a little, like two sizes too big for you. But (laughs) you know what? You put the effort in. I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt and sort of suspend my disbelief. (laughs) I'm so glad you fucking went there. That is literally like that. It's, it's a perfect you could not have said it more fucking perfectly. <laughs> Christmas literally is the fucking bedroom. Mm-hmm. Like everything about it, you what you want it to be, what you fantasize it is versus the fucking reality that's staring you right in the face. So you turn on some music a little bit louder, you turn off the lights, you close your eyes and you are you're experiencing fucking that moment yeah. of walking in and seeing the presence that Santa delivered. Like, and it yeah. is as beautiful and as wonderful as you want up until the point that you come. <laughs> right. And then it's and it's just like Christmas Day. So fucking anticlimactic. You know, you open your presents. <laughs> it's like 11 a.m. And you've opened your presents and you've eaten all the food. And you're like, fuck, man. This is the worst feeling ever. Like, what did I just do? I just yeah. like... Elbowed I feel a little brother. bit of shame, but yeah. <laughs> I just elbowed my brother in the teeth for like fighting over this rock'em sock'em robot. Like, how can I demean myself like that? It's the, exactly the same as sex. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, let's do the second one. Yeah, let's do it. So this is my good oh, friend, Blind Lemon. Your, my good friend, and your good friend, Blind Lemon Our. Jefferson. Hmm. So he starts oh, with a little it. introduction and then he kicks right into this song about having the Christmas Eve blues. Uh, this is recorded in 19, this is recorded in August, 1928 in Chicago. So it's, you know, it was recorded in like the heat of August, which I find <laughs> funny. Can you imagine like recording a Christmas song in like a hundred degree weather? <laughs> kind of a bummer, but he pulls it off and that's testament to just how fucking hardcore blind Lemon Jefferson was. He can make you believe that it was Christmas August in Chicago, but this was a um, so Blind Lemon Jefferson. I'm pretty sure I've talked about him before. He's considered one of the greatest pre-war country blues artists. He's up there with the legends: Robert Johnson, Mississippi, Fred McDowell, and Sunhouse. He's one of the best, as I loved it to say. Um, <laughs> but this song is, you know, in the first line is now it's Christmas. It's the day before Christmas, Mama, won't you hear me moan? And I think that's setting the tone of what he's talking about here. He's he's pretty much willing to give everything up as long, for a good Christmas, you know? <laughs> Which is a, just like 
Okay, so consider like the bargain that you made with Santa when you were a little kid. Like, I swear to God, I'm gonna be like the best kid ever the entire year if you just get me the Red Rider BB gun with the scope on top. <laughs> and it's the same sort of bargain that you make with someone you're desperately trying to have sex with. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. no, I, I'll wash it. I will blow dry it. I will flat iron it. I will, <laughs> <laughs> I will summers eat it. I will do yeah, whatever yeah. it is you want. Santa, I swear to God, I'll be good. I will be good as long as you just give me this one thing I want. This is the one thing I want, and I want it so bad. I mean, it's so obvious to me that this is about begging for sex. Oh, I, I dig it. This is great. <laughs> but Blaine Lemon Jefferson, he's he's such a great guy. Like He's such a classic. But, but the one of these in here, one of the euphemisms he uses in here, he's talking about whiskers again. I think whiskers is mm. definitely symbolic uh, they're talking about penis <laughs> <laughs> he says i'm gonna be your santa claus even if my whiskers ain't white i mean <laughs> come on i don't have to be perfect but i want to be your santa claus i yeah i'm not white but not what you're looking for but i'm i'm there for you yeah. Oh, I dig this. This is great. Yeah. <clears throat> I have to say, though, as, as much as I want to sit here and say I've never begged for sex, I've never cried oh, yeah, no, out, you know, let me be your fucking Santa Claus, let me <laughs> give you Christmas, I, it's fucking happened. It sucks, but it's happened. Like, that's the worst feeling, too, of having to, to beg for it. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, doubling down on that is when you demean yourself oh, to God. beg for it, and then you don't get it. Oh my god, it's the worst. So let me ask you, you ever begged for it? I mean, not... It's different for girls, but... It's different for girls. Like, it's incredibly hard to not get laid as a woman. Like, mm. it's almost impossible to walk out your door without, like, having some guy try to have sex with you. But it's different trying to have sex with someone that you really want to have sex with, you know? Um, mm. And I've definitely... I don't know if I... I've never... I, I know I've never verbally begged for it but i have definitely like psychically begged for it <laughs> been like fucking a like i you know i'll do anything right like i will do anything <laughs> i would never say it but i try to say it with my eyes like yeah. <laughs> and my blowjobs like <laughs> i will do literally anything <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever played that where uh, someone has begged you? Oh, please. <laughs> okay, so, and have you ever, like, just, no, this ain't fucking happening? Or do you, oh, are you yeah. so uh, endeared by their their passion that you give in? Oh, no, 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 no. Let me break something down for you dudes that might be All listening right. at home right now. Like, begging for sex is the fastest way to to dry up a woman's vagina that has ever been known to science. There it is. Now, you, you cannot beg for pussy. It is the least Come on, sexy baby. thing. God damn, I need this. I need you. I will treat, I will eat that shit, baby. No, uh-uh, no. Uh, no, not this chick. Awesome. I don't know about other girls. So I won't speak <laughs> right, for other right. women, but begging this girl for sex is definitely the wrong way to go. <laughs> you know I can't go to work and face the boys without it. Just let me get a wet, baby. Come on. No, yeah, I, I won't listen to that shit, man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, well, let's do this last one here. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get this shit over with. No, no. <laughs> like, uh, you know, like sex. Okay, mm. so here we go. Here's our final Christmas song about sex. This is called Christmas Spirit, uh, also known as Christmas Blues. This is Julia Lee and her boyfriends, and this is recorded uh, for Capitol Records in 1947. Now, Julia Lee is fucking awesome. I've never played her before. I'm sure of it. She's from Kansas City, Missouri. She was born in 1902. She's famous for her body double entendre songs. She was big in the the 1920s. She uh, sang and played piano in her uh, in her brother's band who, uh, I mean, the whole, it's, it's hilarious. If it's you listen awesome. to it, Christmas, 
Christmas spirits all around me, but I don't feel a thing. Yeah, I'm afraid yeah. old Santa won't be coming because what I want most he can't bring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And there's, there, I mean, there's no denying <laughs> what this song's about. That's awesome. This is so good. Yeah. So, <laughs> so good. good. This is probably the so best. So perfect song to our discussion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so she, uh, yeah, she did a lot of novelty songs in the 20s, Julia Lee. Uh, but, I mean, this song is just about, uh, so really she just, so Julie is trying to get laid and she's hard mm. up. She needs some deep dick and she sees the Christmas spirit is all around her. But she can't, <laughs> she can't get a damn thing. Uh, She's got pretenders. They want in, but she knows they can't yeah. get Yeah. No, she wants the real thing. So anyway, she finally sort of focuses her flirtations on Santa himself. Like, why not? Like, hey, yo, Santa, you're done. Oh, like, you, all you do is work, you know, deliver presents. And then on Christmas afternoon, you're like super free. So... <laughs> She's, you know, when she says, I can go for those long whiskers, you know, it's all, I mean, we know what she's trying to say at this point. <laughs> you all do work. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, she's just, you know, yo, uh, she's hard up. She needs love. Santa's here. I'll take him. He's not Mr. Goodbar, but he is Mr. Right now, right? <laughs> so. And she's not even like pretending at all. She's like, I can go for your long whiskers. Whiskers. <laughs> yeah, it's very subtle. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I love this one. Yeah. So, Great. yeah, there we go. It's fucking badass. <laughs> I gotta say, if you're listening to this, uh, the podcast, and you're not listening to this music, you are fucking missing out. This is truly. Deep fucking wonderful shit. It's like Christmas without the eggnog. If you're <laughs> listening to this without hearing the songs, it's like. Mm, mm, mm. Oh god damn it! I love that. That was so wonderful, Aaron. Thanks, Thanks. so much. Yeah. Where can the good folks listening find you online? I, you know, down to the crossroads has its own Facebook page. It is down to the crossroads not anything else <laughs> i hear a lot mm. of people say a lot of different things but it is down to the crossroads <laughs> spelled um, with a capital d capital and uh down to the crossroads yeah that's it <laughs> and i'm on uh twitter chelsea girl 19 because she's only 19 guys that's all right 19 for 21 years now. <laughs> that, that math is not right. I'm just kidding. I don't know. That is not right at all. I hope it's not right. I don't know. I'm old. No lady. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Oh, I'm so happy you did that. <clears throat> I, I am so glad that you see and these wonderful artists see Christmas the same way I see it. Because, you know, there's that moment where you think that you're the only pervert in the room. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then suddenly yeah, you realize that think. no, not it's everyone. We don't like to talk yeah. about it a lot, but it's pretty much fucking everyone. Right. Mm. God damn. Now I got a fucking long whisker. <laughs> 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 All right, people, that is gonna do it for another show. I do hope that you enjoyed it. And collectively, we would love to hear from you. Visit the website, 9centspodcast.com, and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know of any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. You can visit the Satanet, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and MySpace page for 9 cents and get updated on weekly topics. Download the show Mondays via my RSS. Does anyone even know what that means? You know you can subscribe to this show, right? You don't, you don't have to actually, like go to YouTube, or you can like literally be delivered right to your phone every week via RSS. So I encourage you to check it out. It's actually pretty fucking cool. Uh, we're also on Last FM, Stitcher, and YouTube, so look for us there. If you don't know how to use technology, you can subscribe to Nonsense via iTunes, which is an even easier way of using technology by searching 9 cents and if you do don't forget to leave a rating and or comment if you'd like to learn more about the church of satan and let's be honest why wouldn't you visit churchofsatan.com and i would i dare you i fucking dare you every one of you listening no matter how long you've been a member of the cos 
I dare you to go to the Church of Satan and find something you, that you know already, that you, you've seen everything. No, 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 no. There is always something new hidden behind a link. You will find something new every fucking time you go to that website. Check out churchofsatan.com. And remember that the only way we're going to continue producing this podcast, the only way the segment hosts are going to continue producing their segments, and yes, it takes time out of their real fucking lives for you, is if you share it, you talk to them, us, me, let us know what you think, how you feel, your opinions, share it with your friends. Help spread the word. Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host, Adam Campbell, being joined by... Aaron. The amazing one and only. And until next week, hail Satan!